Hello, everybody, and thanks for joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast. I'm Lindsay. That's Saul. That's Gerald. That's Espo. Happy Thursday, y'all. Happy day before we go to Vegas for Summer League. Vegas Eve. Let's go. What an exciting time. Uh, Just a heads up for tomorrow. We are going to be traveling to Las Vegas, so we won't have a show tomorrow. But we got a show for you guys today, and we'll have a show for you on Saturday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and so on and so forth. And follow Gerald and I on Twitter, threads. Uh, why, you know, you, why are you just you two? Because we're going to be in the back seat just vlogging the whole trip while Saul drives. So Shane is, 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 my, is my co-pilot? Shane's in the far back. Shane's in the trunk. Lord have mercy. What did we do to Shane? I guess we're not bringing luggage. Poor Shane. Shane deserves better than that. And just like the show being a prep, Espo and I are prepping with some four peaks to get our livers ready for this what is sure to be a shit show of a weekend. So wow. excited. It'll be fun. Though. And uh, we're bringing yeah. you guys with us. So plan to come hang out with us. But today, before we dive too far down into the Summer League rabbit hole, we got some things to talk about. First and foremost, Bull Bull. That's right. He has been linked to the Suns after Woj tweeted out that the Orlando Magic waved Bull Bull via the team. Saul Bookman came through and said the Suns right. were interested in Bull Bull in recent weeks. Could be something to keep an eye on. So we're hearing more and more about the Suns and Bobo linked together. Now, obviously, if this were a relationship that were to blossom, he would bring a lot of size. Mm-hmm. 7'2". He's also going to be turning 24 this year, so he's pretty young. It feels, like, it feels like he's been in the league for like a decade, doesn't it? No, I think it's just because everybody talks about him all the like he gets talked about quite a bit, and especially he when he first came into the league, he was talked about so much. That's true. So I think it's more that than anything. And like his dad, um, he looks like he's forty when he's twenty-four. So that doesn't <laughs> matter either. Rest in peace, Manute. But mm-hmm. between the size, the age, there's a lot of potential upside here. That's what Bull Bull's career has been. Is it's all about the upside, but he has yet to realize that upside on a consistent manner um i will say this about bull bull wherever he goes fans love him mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you talk to our peeps over at dmvr they love bull bull they wish he was still there like so as in terms of size um you know some of the his skills they can he can give you like i i would like the signing because he can shoot from the perimeter um he's a shot blocker um, even though, you know, last year he was injured, uh, but he still averaged over a block a game. Yeah, it was 1.21 blocks per game. Yeah, last so year. He, I mean, he's a, he, for an end of the rotation kind of guy, I would definitely take a, a, an opportunity to t- get him on your roster for sure. Yeah, I, I think if you take a flyer on him as a training camp guy, there's no harm in that. Last year was kind of the first year that he actually looked like a rotation player, but it still wasn't necessarily a very good one. <laughs> he started off the year really strong, and then his, production kind of fizzled the rest of the way um you know the three-point shot hasn't really materialized for him uh he he has length he has size obviously so if you want to take a flyer and invite a guy like that to camp it it makes sense because like you were saying it it is all potential with him at this point it's all upside um but as far as like actually putting him on the roster I, i have a tough time seeing him make it over some of the guys that they've signed recently let let frankie smokes mold this guy frankie right? smokes baby Dude, dude's got a seven eight wingspan you want to talk about a guy that should be able to protect the rim i mean just stand straight up right yeah. like i think Hands i would take hand. a flyer yeah <laughs> <laughs> wave him like you just don't care like look i think i think that he has potential and bringing him in seeing if Frank Vogel sees anything in, in him in training camp, what the hell not? Like, if you don't, let him go. I mean, the, it, it, there's no no real risk here. The conversation goes from should Bull Bull be on the roster to who is he taking Who's the spot who, yeah, of, right? Exactly. And you could see people in the chat already. Uh, Isha's name comes up. Isaiah Todd's name comes up. Um, Which you already have to eliminate one mm-hmm. either. And it doesn't have to be those two specifically, just one person from this roster you already have to eliminate before the start of the season. Because yes. we sit at 16 right now. So if you bring Bull Bull in, now we're talking about two. Mm-hmm. And we're not saying that it's these three guys, but the more likelihood that it is these three guys, Ish, Isaiah, and Tumani. 
those are the three most likely, right? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, because Tumani signed his contract, so I feel like he's probably good to go. Yeah. I think at this point it comes down to Isaiah versus Ish. Um, and like you said, Linz, if they do bring Bull Bull in and decide they want to actually sign him and keep him, then the mm-hmm. other one probably has to go as well. So I, I just a just a <clears throat> gut feeling. I think obviously I think if there's a pecking order, it would be Isaiah Todd first. And then Ish, just because Ish has been around these guys, he's been in the system. Well, not in the system because it's a new system to a certain degree. Um, but I could, I would not be surprised if if Ish was the guy at some point. Am Am I the only one that still has a, a a small feeling that campaign could still be dealt, and maybe you could add a second guy in there just for salary matching okay. purposes? That's the big question, though, because we're already getting linked to Bull Bull. There's a lot of people rumbling about okay. DA's July 15th no trade shenanigans is coming up in checks notes a week and a half. <laughs> Next Saturday. Mm-hmm. Do What's your gut telling you? Do you feel like that maybe Bull Bull or something of that sort the Suns could still be in play on? Or do you think the Suns might make something bigger happen? I Go ahead. I, I, I don't see it. I feel like we've we, we've kind of like built it up in our heads like, oh, man, what are the Suns going to cook up next? What's Matt Ishpia going to do next? And like, guys, he got, he got us Bradley Beal. He did phenomenal him and James Jones on the margins with those free agency signings that they got. Getting Eric Gordon for that price, Kata Bates-Diop for that price is incredible enough. I, I don't see a DA trade coming through. It, it seems like they are committed to keeping him. They explored deals for him they probably didn't like the returns that they were being offered and at this point it makes more sense to keep him try to restore his value because a either that builds his trade value back up and you have a better market come february or b he's the guy that we've been waiting for him to be with a better roster around him a roster more threats on the perimeter because as good as chris paul was for the first two years here last year he wasn't that same guy now you're replacing that guy with beal and I think that could help DA in addition to the Frank Vogel thing. I, I just don't see them swinging a trade. And if they did swing a trade, it would almost have to be a DA campaign type deal. So I, I just because campaign doesn't really have a lot of trade value independently. No. So I, I feel like they're ready to roll with this particular roster, build him back up. And if it doesn't go well and they have to trade him later, then maybe they'll open it back up then. Yeah, I just I feel like you look at it and everybody was like, well, you trade DA for depth, right? You get a mm-hmm. get a couple bench pieces, maybe a serviceable starting center. Do you need depth right now? No, you've addressed a lot of that and most of that already in free agency. And then the other thing you always hear is, well, maybe DA just needs a, uh, you know, a, a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. You got to change of scenery. It's all new coaches. It's yep. a new owner. Yep. There, there is, you know, no more Chris Paul. The, the only, the only thing that is still the same is Devin Booker. Everything else, uh, you know, for the most part, has changed. So this is a DA's change of scenery. So I think at this point, you're just gonna, you're gonna keep him, see how it plays out, like you were saying, uh, and reassess it. You know, either at the deadline, off season, whenever. But I think you're starting the season with DeAndre. Yeah, I would 100% agree. Uh, right back to um, what Gerald said. I, I just I think we're past that point. I think a lot of, a lot of teams were in that position where they're trying to make moves. Unless you're the Miami Heat trying to get Damian Lillard, I just don't see a lot of movement from this point forward. Unless some things happen in summer league uh, to some some star draft picks that you kind of maybe a team would rely on and they want to bolster something i i just don't see it so i i think the suns are content they got depth they, they, they got depth i don't know how much more you could add to that depth by subtracting da and adding two or three other pieces um which you can't even do right now because even if you traded da to get two or three other pieces well guess what you have other pieces that you would have to get rid of somehow some way and th- the math ain't mathing guys mm-hmm. and so i think da is here to stay for I this did, season i did have one person i know not a not an insider or anything text me this morning is like if the suns are committed to chaos right would you consider trading da to portland as they trade dame to to miami and you take tyler hero and you go completely small no. shooters everywhere and and buy chaos and i was like 
No. No, absolutely <laughs> not. But thank you for the thought experiment. <laughs> but if you want to give me Bam Mama out of bio, now we're in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, even the Joker's chaos had like rhyme and reason to it. <laughs> yeah, look, look, this hero isn't going to live long enough to see himself become the villain uh, in, oh, in trade talks. Wow, right? look at that. So, I appreciate look, yeah, what you did you, there. You, brought, you, like you gave it to me there. <laughs> what? Did you not see that name? What? I know it's Matt not real, oh. but Matt Ishby is in the chat. <laughs> hey, Matt. <laughs> How does Hi, Emma Matt. know it's not real? Did she check oh, yeah. the IP How do you know? Is he your burner? Yeah, Emma. <laughs> oh, yeah? Come on the show, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> If you know how to double check them, then figure out who hello is. <laughs> it's been driving Lindsay it's, crazy it's since. Been, it's been Emma the whole time. It probably is Emma the whole time. That'd be hilarious. What a great I prank. That would have been a really funny prank. Uh, yeah, I don't know. My gut's kind of telling me that like, if, if the Suns decide to do something around Bulbo, I could understand that. Bring in Because you can carry extra guys in the offseason heading into training camp. So that wouldn't surprise me. But as far as like a blockbuster trade... That includes DA and campaign. I just don't see it happening at this point. I think they've mm-hmm. all found a way to become content with this team as it is moving forward. And they have a good plan in place. And they intend on uh, making the best of it all as we are as well. Because we're all really excited. Listen, if there's mm-hmm. something that we can all agree on, it's that we're excited to see how this all comes together for the Suns. That we're all on blue sky and that we're all on threads. Yeah. Exactly. Like, if there's anything we're all on, it's those three things this offseason. Yeah. Burn, Twitter, burn. <laughs> Everything, everywhere, all at once. There we go. Great <laughs> and we should all collectively agree to be on the BetMGM Sportsbook app because it's a heck of a lot of fun over there. And tomorrow is the last day that BetMGM is giving out their bonus bets on Fridays. So all you have to do is log into the app. And there you go. You get a bonus bet, courtesy of BetMGM. So make sure... You log in tomorrow to claim that bonus bet. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, make sure you do and use that bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses with BetMGM. Again, as long as you're using that bonus code PHNX when you sign up. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, one 800 327 5050 Massachusetts, 1 800 bets off Iowa, 1 800 270 7117 for confidential help, Michigan. But that's not all, folks. We got the last uh, third or third part of our tournament series of cornhole going on tomorrow out there at BetMGM. So please join the crew out there. You can just show up. You don't have to sign up for anything. If you want to sign up, you can go to our events page at gophnx.com, sign up for the Cornhole Tournament, but you can also just show up. It's okay. Um, And then everybody that shows up qualifies for the final championship tournament, which will be at the beginning, the first Friday next month. That'll be the end-all, be-all of our Cornhole League. So uh, please show up. It's fun. We've had about 16 teams show up so far. Um, so the more the merrier and it's fun it's engaging there's drink specials and it'll just be fun and i know it's on the west side and the west side sometimes for you peeps is far but on your way over there you can stop at circle k (laughs) my favorite place i love circle k i genuinely love circle k i'm (laughs) not even kidding you they've got great gas the beer snack selection phenomenal good coffee and of course my favorite the polar pop um if you do a polar pop and you do like the slushy one right you make it's like three quarters coke one quarter cherry it's like the best summer treat that you could ask for like honestly it's so good so make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff well like listen i never thought to mix an icy with soda no it's the coke icy with the cherry icy yeah but now but but now like you just kind of stumbled upon so like you get a coke and then you put frosty coke in it or I mean, then you if it melted, would, which it doesn't in those Polar Pop cups, but if it did melt, because it is a bajillion degrees here, it wouldn't be watery ice. It would be, be cherry Coke ice. ice. Yes. Coke. Fuck Coke yeah, Froster, I'm doing that tomorrow. Cherry Froster for Loco. <laughs> oh, 
Jesus Christ. We got to drive to Vegas. I suppose you could do that, too. Going back to high school. (laughs) For Logan. (laughs) Anyway, right now, text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on 32-ounce Polar Pops. Head to CircleK.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. Um, Okay, everyone in the chat, since I had mentioned threads, is asking what we think uh, Katie's burner thread account is. At fuck Chuck. See, I feel like that's too obvious. (laughs) But funny. (laughs) At Chuckle Fuck. How about that? Oh, man. I feel like it would be, because you have to have an Instagram account, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So did he get somebody close to him to give him their Instagram login? Did he create a Finsta? He, uh, he has a Finsta. It's at, at Landry. I mean, probably. <laughs> oh, <my God>. probably. <laughs> He's like, everybody hates me anyway. I might as well just go ahead and go all in. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't even try. It just came naturally. <laughs> Do you guys remember how it seems like just yesterday we were talking about being nicer? We were. On this show? What, what? what happened to that? <laughs> I just I just suggested he, he got Landry Shabbat's you know, uh, Instagram. You well, said- I just, I was just, be- <laughs> shut it, Espo. <laughs> you knew exactly what you were doing. Uh, maybe <laughs> get his ass. Maybe at Lindsay Smith AZ is his murder. <laughs> I, listen. Play, like, you're just innocent over here. <laughs> I am innocent. Not doing anything I at do all. I do not hate Landry pot. Shabbat. I love me some Landry. <laughs> He, uh, he's a hell of a three-point shooter. Average 37% uh, from deep. He shot uh, 50% here. from three in yeah. the playoffs. He was good. That's all Bookman. <laughs> Gerald, Gerald taught Don't me all the this stats. Don't put this on me. You guys. I hate you both so much right now. All right, let's good talk a little bit of summer league. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Um, there's a lot of deserts in Vegas. I'm just saying. Uh, oh let's God. talk a little bit about summer. Wait, 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 wait. I'm just what? saying, maybe he, instead of getting lost on a concourse, maybe he gets lost wandering around the desert. I don't know. Is that is that your alibi? <laughs> maybe Espo just winds up in a desert ditch somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. You know, maybe there's just a plot of land Listen, somewhere. We all saw that fresh, Vegas movie where all of a sudden the they're top. just out in the middle of the desert. Nobody just put happens to be you? out in the middle of the desert. They get taken there. No, what's that, that, what's that movie? What's that movie? The Hangover. The hangover. They drove themselves to the desert. They kidnapped an Asian guy in the trunk. Well, I'm just saying Vegas oh is weird. God. That's not Doug. <laughs> hey, you guys. Remember last week when we talked about being nice? <laughs> Better do it or you will end up in a ditch somewhere. That's right. Lizzie threatens me. Right. What's worse? Hating on Landry, getting murdered. I don't know. At least. <laughs> Please send help. Please. Chelsea. If I'm not at Circa, oh, I'm here. dead. I have lost my mind officially. Oh uh, Han sent us a super chat. Said, Dan, didn't know Lens was so G. Yeah, that's not the Luxor oh, beam. That's Espo flashing his light out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> Hello, says Lindsay. I didn't do anything. But Chelsea, on the other hand. Oh, exactly. Man. I didn't do anything. Could be like that girl on the airplane. It was like, that guy's not real. <laughs> it's been... It's been nice entertaining you Damn. people for the better part of two years. We're about to have like nine straight days of shows together. Man, that's oh a good dark turn. Getting it off to a great start. Wow. All right, back on track. Let's talk a little bit about Summer League. We had our second Summer League practice today with the Summer Suns. Uh, yesterday, we got to talk to Isaiah Todd and Jordan Goodwin. Today, we got to talk to Quentin Crawford, who is the head coach of the Summer Suns. And Tumani Kamara. Let's hear first what Quentin Crawford had to say about Tumani. Oh man, Tu's phenomenal, man. I, I think he's going to be a great player. Uh, he's got the skill set to be a perimeter defender. He has the ability to be a roller on your offense if you need him to be a roller, and he can space the floor. He can do a little bit all. So with him, is just getting comfortable with our schemes and our coverages, and that's a big, a big piece of what I'm trying to do here is implement a lot of our stuff that he may have. Uh, going into training camp. So uh, he's been doing a heck of a job. He asked the right questions. You know, he wants to watch film. He wants to learn. He wants to basically get the answer to the test before the test happens, which is always good for a young player, right? So he, he's doing everything he needs to do, and hopefully we can showcase a little bit of that at some of it. I think all of the signs are pointing to the Suns being very high on Tumani Kamara so far. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, we are tempering our expectations because it's a second-round rookie, and this is a team that's going to be 
compete competing for a title that playoff rotation is going to be like eight or nine guys there's a good chance he's not part of it but just the fact that like we talked about yesterday they signed him to his rookie contract already um the way that you're hearing frank vogel and quentin crawford now talk about him um you know all the different things that he can do how high they are on him um and and crawford had also mentioned later in this interview that you know, they're taking advantage of this time because all of these guys that are on Vogel's coaching staff are with him in L.A. They already come in with this set, you know, defensive system, all these principles that they're going to incorporate into their team. And Kamara is kind of getting a head start on that, along with Goodwin and Isaiah Todd in terms of learning their terminologies, learning their schemes, learning what they like to do on both ends of the court. So this is going to be advantageous for him. Um, and it's it's reassuring because you know when you draft a second round rookie your expectations are low but it does seem like they are leaning more towards giving this guy a shot reassuring is a great word because if anybody knows good basketball it would be a former u of a product in quentin crawford oh my goodness uh, so i mean <laughs> you didn't even know he was a former u of a product <laughs> so uh no i mean listen i i th- clearly he has made an impression tumani has mm-hmm. so i i'm Last year, we didn't really have much to look at in Summer League. We were just kind of like, okay, we're going to see Ish a couple times. And we did get to see Saban, but we didn't really know Saban was going to be on the team long term and stuff. Mm. This year, I'm very excited to see what Tumani Kamara is all about because there's there's been some underground hype about him. And I listen, for a franchise to invest in the second-round pick and already guarantee a contract, that is something. That is something significant, and that is something that clearly they have identified this guy as – being part of the future, in my opinion. So, I'm, dude, I'm excited to see him play summer league. Yeah, I am as well. And, you know, we heard comparisons to Tory Craig in the draft analysis. And I'm not saying he's going to take Tory's spot, but you look at, okay, they they let Tory go. They see something in this young guy. Maybe their hope is to grow him into that type of, of guy in this lineup that down the road – can help them defensively, can do these things. I Inevitably, we will get overly excited by some guy in summer league. It's either going to be Tumani or it's going to be Jordan Goodwin. Mm-hmm. I don't think Goodwin's going to play enough uh, in summer league for him to be the guy. I think it's going to be Tumani Kamara, and I just want people to pump the brakes in, in raising those expectations too high. I think he's a long-term uh, guy. He's a guy that you're looking projecting to probably year two year three you're hoping you turn him into that guy but it's nice to hear that they're that confident in him and that they like what they're seeing so far i've already been convinced keanu pinder is going to make the roster so (laughs) well we all know that this is this is kind of like james jones specialty right finding an older rookie Mm -hmm. who they feel like is already semi-nba ready And Tumani is 23, right? 23. 23, four years in college. So, and, and a lot of people are talking about his, his ability defensively. And I think that is one thing that this team is going to value a lot. And if he just brings the energy in that area, he's going to see the floor a little bit. It may not be a ton, but when he does go in there, you know, it's going to be fun from a fan perspective because I can see him being like a Dan Marley hustle award winner, Mm -hmm. kind of a guy. I think that's Utah, but. We can, we, yeah, I, I just, think just in the running, they're not right. giving the trophy I'm out naming yet. it already, damn it. I mean, yeah, I mean, Kamara, I, I wouldn't expect him to play a prominent role in the rotation, but, you know, he was saying today that his, his goal for Summer League, like, obviously, he kept reiterating that it's a dream for him to be here, so his goal for Summer League is just to prove that he belongs, um, and I think that, you know, listening to hear to him talk about Quentin Crawford and the trust that he's already had in him to put him in different situations, um, it's it's reassuring that the Suns are invested in in what he brings to the table and getting him off on the right foot. So so here's what he had to say about that. Uh, I think right now he's just giving me a lot of trust, uh, putting me on the court, putting me into a different position, a different situation, and then be able to to learn a lot. Uh, I think being kind of like a sponge right now, trying to get as many things as I can, uh, as fast as I can also. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just a lot of trust between me and Coach right now and just let me play. And like I said, from the beginning, just be who I am. So. That trust is great from an assistant at this point in time. We know Monty liked to divvy up an assistant to a couple of players. I'm assuming a lot of head coaches probably do the same thing. Um, so he's already getting to know Crawford really well. 
Um, it's telling that they're putting him in different situations and that Crawford mentioned like he can do a lot of different things. Um, so it's going to be exciting to watch him play for that reason and have that development in the system already during the summer league. Um, he mentioned that Kamara and Isaiah Todd are both learners. They're guys that are being like a sponge um, and asking all the right questions. So that's only positive for them moving forward. Yeah, and I don't think it's a fluke that Quentin was chosen as as the coach here. He's probably the guy that's going to work the most with Tumani, maybe get some time uh, with Jordan Goodwin uh, as well when the regular season comes up. This is about building relationships, especially for, for a brand-new staff. And I, I guarantee you'll see Frank Vogel – out there uh, throughout summer league supporting these guys and working with them to start to build uh, build that trust as uh, as you heard there I I like the approach and I'm excited to see what can start to form here I mean Frankie smokes in Vegas just got me excited yeah yeah I'm excited <laughs> yeah like this whole thing is gonna be awesome also like I think people are sleeping on how athletic all of a sudden this team became mm-hmm. uh, through free agency like mm-hmm. you know Kamara uh you know one of the things that th- they talked about is like he will rise up and sometimes try to dunk on people mm-hmm. uh Drew Eubanks mm-hmm. same thing like people sleep on Drew Eubanks but he will catch a body or two this year I promise you so um I like I said I, I'm excited to see this young man and how he's going to be able to play in summer league uh you know Cox Pavilion is their first game so it's kind of like you know you're playing the Ox gym so that's kind of a nice little warm up, and then we get to see like the real deal in, in the big in the big time a couple mm-hmm. days later. So and again, it'll just be fun to actually be able to tune in and, and watch some guys who are fighting for a roster spot, spot likely going to be on the squad next season. Because um, for a hot minute there, the summer suns were what we looked forward to every single year. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like for a decade, right? Yeah. yeah. And then it kind of was just like, well, summer league, we don't really care about that, mm-hmm. which is fine. It's fine. I would rather be on this side of yeah. things than the opposite. But <laughs> yes. it is nice to have a little bit of that middle ground. You mm-hmm. get the best of both worlds. You got a good team and you can be excited about summer. Yeah, league. I believe this will be my eighth summer league. And I remember getting excited about eight different guys that I saw out there yeah. and only one panned out. And his name is Devin Armani Booker. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. Hey, I do want to address something. <clears throat> Colts 23 in the chat says, Suns are going to be kind of lacking on defense. Vogel going to go zone unless Suns trade for a legit starting three. We're going to get into that next week at the end of the week. Uh, but that's a lie. <laughs> so stay tuned. <laughs> uh, we do have a super chat from Libertarian Sasquatch. Thank you. They said, I'm excited. But I, I'll believe it when I see it. Here's the deal. Like, I'm not mad at you for that whatsoever. We've been burned one too many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's okay. That's fair. Absolutely fair. But tune into Summer League. At least it'll get you a little bit closer to what we're going to see. Um, and a little bit of Suns basketball back in your life. Well, regardless if it's Summer Suns or not. It's still fun. Uh, but make sure you're watching Summer League with Four Peaks in your hand. Because Suns basketball and Four Peaks, they go hand in hand. Obviously, as you see here on the show, as Bo and Saul, both, uh, what is this, the Wow Wheat? Oh, yeah. I think this is my favorite can. Wow. I know the Suns Brew can is cool, but this one, I just it, it screams summertime to Bus. me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So get your hands on some Four Peaks beer or take a trip out to the Four Peaks pub in Tempe. They have fantastic food there as well. You can check them out on social at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. You know what's something that people sleep on about Four Peaks? What? Is that they they do seasonal dishes. If you've never been there, like every other month they change their menu and they have a section that is seasonal and you mm-hmm. can only get it during that period of time. Uh, some of my favorite dishes have been those seasonal items. Uh, like this month, I think they have a Chicago a Chicago hamburger. So it's based off of the Chicago dog, except it's in hamburger form. Okay. Delicious. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Food and great beer goes. uh, You get the best of both worlds at Four Peaks. Just a reminder, you do have to be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks. And we ask that you please drink responsibly. If you are looking for a great place to grab dinner this weekend, highly recommend the Spaghetti Shack. They delivered some fantastic food to the PHNX offices yesterday where we got meatballs, we got garlic bread, and we got spaghetti. And what we did, because these garlic breads, you guys, they're legit. They don't skimp out on the garlic bread. It's like can, half of roll. Like half it's, of... And it's so good. You literally take the spaghetti, you make one layer, you put some meatballs on there, and then you got yourself a spaghetti meatball sandwich. Mm-hmm. Delightful. <laughs> 
But the Spaghetti Shack is the place to go. They are a community-focused, to-go pasta concept started in Tempe, Arizona by five lifelong friends. They are currently serving Tempe and Queen Creek and hope to come to your neighborhood soon. But make sure you guys check them out some for some really great affordable food this weekend. Yeah, it gets 10 Mario's on my uh, <laughs> Italian food scale. So. All right, so we got ourselves another super chat. This one is from Mellow Warrior. They said power ranking with healthy players. Golden State 5, Bucks 4, Celtics 3, Nugs 2, Clippers 1. Thank you for wasting five bucks, but donating it to us. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I won't go that far, mm. but you lost me at Clippers one. Sorry, bud. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, look, Paul George and Kawhi are both phenomenal players, but the problem is like the in parentheses with healthy players part, it doesn't happen for them. So it, it's hard to take them seriously or put them at number one. I don't really care for some of the things that they've done this offseason, to be honest. And, and same with the Celtics. Um, like, Kristaps Porzingis is good, but they basically gave up uh, Grant Williams the other day for a pair of second, or like three second rounders. Marcus Smart is gone. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know about that. He lost oh, a lot of grit. Mm-hmm. And with the with healthy players, I mean, if that's the caveat, how are the Suns not at least in your top five? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, but the biggest knock is, well, can KD stay healthy? Can Bradley Beal stay healthy? Can Devin Booker stay healthy? If we're playing in a world where no one gets injured, there's no way the Suns aren't in your top five. Yeah, a million percent. Golden State, come on, man. I, I'm sorry. Like, I'm no disrespect to Chris Paul or anything like that. I just don't see the fit. I don't see how in that kind of – they're not run and gun, but they're they're faster paced than what Phoenix was playing. And I, I just don't see how Chris Paul is going to fit into that at a, at a long enough period of time – to sustain a whole season plus the playoffs. Again, we'll go back to if healthy. Well, we had three straight seasons of not healthy with Chris Paul. I don't, you can't play that game. It just doesn't work like that. We also got one from Perplex Damage. Thank you. Said, I was in the Denver airport when the Beal trade went. Emma, stop moving. I was in the Denver airport <laughs> when the Beal trade went down on, on a layover, and they were all shook. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> Emma just playing games right here, just clicking off. Her shit. Here just she's trying to read the super chat. Like, nope. Maybe, maybe <laughs> get your head in the game, Emma. <laughs> she's like, she's, she's gonna play. Y'all want to, y'all want to see me fuck up the show? Here we go. Hide what Lindsay's trying to read. Hide the super chat. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Thank um, you, perplex. We appreciate your super chat. There, there was definitely a reaction out of Denver when they got Beal, um, and the reaction seemed to be, "Oh well, they're not, a, they're not a threat to the Suns," which tells me that they're a little bit concerned. Yeah, yeah right. and then they haven't been out of our mentions on whatever platform you want to be on since then. Well, I think right. they're shook. I know there were a couple of Nuggets people that were saying the Suns got worse somehow by getting Bradley Beal, and I'm mm-hmm. just like. I, I get it. You hate this franchise. I totally understand it. But Jesus Christ. Yeah, maybe four years down the road. But we, we're talking right we now. We don't have to be stupid about so it. So there is very clearly like a large scale beef between the Suns and the Nuggets. And Bernsey over at Arizona Sports was asking the question this week, with all the moves that the Suns have made, have the Suns caught up to the Nuggets? So obviously the Nuggets say no, at least as of the Bradley Beal trade. Mm-hmm. Some are still sticking to that now. Um, but what do you guys think? Do you think the Suns have caught up to the Nuggets? I think if you're going starting five for starting five. I would say you have to go beyond starting five. You have well, to do playoff rotation. I'm going to do this rotation. in two different levels. Okay. Uh, so I, I'm going to say starting five for starting five. I would say you would give the edge to the Nuggets because they have four solid pieces right there. Um, you know, depending on who that fifth starter is going to be. Um, they have five starting starting caliber players or four starting caliber players that I feel like are more consistent than the four the Suns would have. Um, and I'm only taking the four because we don't know who that fifth starter is going to be on either team. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably going to be... It, it's, well, the Nuggets is still the same. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You're right, you're right, yeah. you're right, you're right. Um, so, so I would say the Nuggets would have a, a slight advantage, mostly because Jokic is that dude. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just... Jokic is like one and a half players, in my opinion, compared to what the Suns have. They don't Great. So they have four and a half players in their starting line. Five and a half. Yeah. Five and five and no, half. no, no, no. Yeah. Four and a half. Okay. All right. Um, and then, but if you go overall totality, I think the Suns bench 
It's gotten significantly better. What you saw in that series against the Nuggets, if we're going man up, um, is a lot of wide open corner threes that people just could not hit for shit. And that changes the dynamic when you have dudes that can actually hit that shot. It changes the defense. It changes everything. So I think overall the Suns have caught up to the Nuggets in totality. I would still say that their starting five is better than our starting five, but um, I don't think it's so much of a gap that when you get to the bench, we can't overcome it. Right. They've, they've got the continuity on their side with you, like you mentioned, with the starting five. I do think that they've gotten potentially a little bit worse this summer mm -hmm. just because losing Bruce Brown is a huge mm -hmm. subtraction from their bench unit. He was fantastic for them throughout the playoffs on both ends. It wasn't just his defense, but the way that he attacked the rim, the way that he shot the ball was big for them. They're going to be relying on Christian Brown to take a step up, on Peyton Watson to take a step up. I believe in Brown, Watson. I still need to be convinced on that. Um, and I do think the Suns did a really nice job of rounding out their depth, not just with players that maybe you'll be able to trust more, but with guys that address specific things that they needed to address. Like we talked about their wingspan. We talked about the corner three-point percentage. If you look at that second round series, the Suns, the Suns shot 22% on corner threes that entire series. Terrence Ross was one for 10. TJ Warren, one for six. Torrey Craig, one for six. Josh Okogie, 0 for 6. These are guys that are getting wide open looks from the corners and can't make them pay. Now they have one of the best corner three-point shooting teams in the NBA. If you look at Damian Lee, 51%. Utah, 51%. Eric Gordon, 45 And then they have Bradley Beal coming in to be a more supercharged version of Chris Paul in terms of being a scoring threat. So I do think they have length. I think they address defense. I think they address three-point shooting. Um, I would still probably just give the edge to the Nuggets the benefit of the doubt. They'll have continuity on their side. Mm -hmm. But if the, Sun, the Suns have a whole season this time to get Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, all these new guys on the same page under a new coach. Last time, they had nine regular season games, and then it was playoff time. Mm -hmm. So I think that alone could make a huge difference heading into next season. And let's get in the way back machine, all the way back to – May. Do we did people forget how that series went? Yeah, Nuggets took two. Suns came back and took two. Devin Booker got hurt. You didn't have CP3 in that. At one point, you were starting Jock and, and Landry, and they still took two games. They were the only team in the playoffs to take two games off the Nuggets, right? Let's go through the starting lineup. Jokic, obviously, best guy out of any team with this. Better than better than Aiton. Jamal Murray taking Devin Booker. Every time over Jamal Murray. Contavious Caldwell Pope. I'm taking Big Panda Bradley Beal every time over over Contavious Caldwell Pope. Michael Porter Jr. You think I'm taking him over Kevin Durant? Not a chance in hell. Aaron Gordon over, let's say, you know, Bates Diop. Yeah, I'm taking that. But still, maybe they have a slight edge there because of the continuity. But pound for pound, the Suns have as much star power, as much offensive. Uh, you know, a firepower. Let's be honest. The, the outlaws are going to saddle up right up to Denver, and they're going to try to take that Larry O'Brien away from these guys. These, this team is good enough to do that, and the bench is so much stronger now. The, the Nuggets have taken some hits to their bench. The Suns got stronger. Mm -hmm. So at worst, I think they're neck and neck right now. And we're going to have to see how it plays out in the regular season. Obviously, injuries will be a part of this. But this team... I think has closed that gap with the Nuggets significantly. And I don't think it was as big to begin with as everybody thought. I would agree that I don't think it's as big as everybody thought. I think people, listen, it's recency bias. You know, the Suns got housed by 30 plus points against the Nuggets in game six. And then the Nuggets steamrolled everybody else. And Nikola Jokic was playing probably the best basketball of his career um, it, during that stretch. Like you can't overlook that. And you got to think that that, at least Jokic's part, he can control and he's going to, you know, be just as good next year because he's proved it already in back to back other years. You know what I mean? So I totally get that. I do want to go back to one other point because everybody talks about DeAndre Aiden and Jokic. DeAndre Aiden slowed down Jokic or stopped Jokic or shut him down. No, we got stopped with that because Jokic still shot just about 50% from the field, averaged 25, 13, and, and six in that series. The only difference was he didn't have anybody else to really throw the ball to. MPJ was kind of still kind of shaky in terms of injury and his back still jacking up. Jamal Murray was completely out. Um, so there was a little bit of a difference there. Uh, I don't think you can have those same expectations on DA against Jokic. What you're hoping for, though, is that DA 
will will play better than he did this series most most certainly play better offensively and game. and just be a little bit more assertive defensively because I do think that Jock kind of gave you a little bit of a template in, in terms of like you're not going to shut him down. You might not even slow him down to a significant degree. You just want to make him pause a little bit. You want to throw that sh you know that elbow into his kidney every now and then and just get him a little rattled, a little flustered. It's very hard to do. Don't I'm not saying this is easy because I don't want Nugs fans, but like you tell me you don't know basketball without telling me you don't know basketball. Like stop. Like we know he's the greatest player in the league right now. Like that's not, that's undeniable. But I do think when you put the sum of the parts together, I mean the Suns are are, are a very very good team, and they could have pulled out that series had Chris Paul not gotten hurt, in my opinion. But, or book. Or book. Book yeah. was book whether, is the bigger whether one, we yeah. want to admit it or not, he was a little hobbled yeah. at oh, the yeah. end of that. Yeah, he, he twisted his ankle, whether mm -hmm. he was going to tell you he did or not. You I could still, tell. I still wonder what it was. I think it was he mentioned because when we asked him after the game, he said something about it being a little bruised and that he's fine. So I I don't know if it was like a heel contusion, a foot bruise, or a twisted ankle, what it was, but he he did use the word bruise to describe it. We'll we'll never get like a no straight answer on but this it kind wasn't of stuff, but fine. No. no. And look, you don't have to stop Jokic. You have to stop the other guys. Look, mm -hmm. Jokic is gonna get his. We know this. We saw it in the series that the Suns swept the Nuggets. Jokic got his. Mm -hmm. It's about the other guys. And if we're talking about the other guys versus our other guys, you know, you take Book, you take uh, you take Jokic out of the equation. We're talking other guys versus other guys. I'm taking the Suns every time. I, I Again, the thing about Jokic and the Nuggets offense is they, they do use each other very well. And mm -hmm. I think that's something that was just so glaring – and mm -hmm. somebody even mentions it in, in the chat, that the ISO-heavy offense that we ran. Mo I don't know if it was because KD was new to the system and and Monty just didn't really have anything that was a little like... We talked about KD being a plug-and-play guy, but there's still an adjustment period to their system mm -hmm. that had to take place. And uh, you saw some ISO ball for sure. And so and the Nuggets, again... You know, they talk about, you know, not skipping steps and all this other stuff. Well, one of the things you can credit them for is they've had that core group together for four or five years now. So they've they've played well together. They've gone through the the thick of it. Um, they know each other. And then you add Aaron Gordon to that piece uh, a year or two ago and you get what you get this year. And they they all played at a high level throughout this at the same time. And that's another thing that we always overlook is like it's not going to be one or two dudes showing up and having great seasons. Like when we got to the finals, it was a team effort. As much as Chris Paul dropped 37 in the Western Conference finals and Book had a, a you know a triple-double in game one, DeAndre Ayton played very well and very consistent that entire playoffs. It took a group effort. Torrey Craig was playing at a very high level. Like probably some of the best basketball a lot of these guys' careers – happened in that 220 uh 2021 playoff run so you got to hope that that they can find that again with the entire team as opposed to just relying that you know book kd and and beal are going to be able to bail them out every single game it's going to take a group effort to beat a team like the nuggets and i do think that they have that kind of team right now sorry i didn't i didn't know i got on a soapbox i didn't mean to you're fine <laughs> so we have a couple super chats again um mellow warrior said the Suns haven't played yet as far as the power rankings that they sent earlier. Oh, okay. Which, That's listen, fair. it's okay. fair. That's fair. We're just going off of, like, in theory, what we think will happen. Sorry. But we always got to defend our own. You know that. Technically, oh. you are correct. Appreciate uh, it. Jay, thank you for your super chat. Jay said, though, power rankings for them are Suns number one. Of course. So. <laughs> Yeah, Jay's got him one through thirty. I don't think he has <laughs> other teams. Number so. one, Phoenix. Number two, Suns. Number three, Phoenix. <laughs> All right, guys. If you are looking for a fun time this summer, might I recommend our friends over at OGs? OGs is always there for you for a good time. And of course, that pink lemonade gummy did just drop on June twenty first. It is a limited edition flavor, so make sure you get your hands on it. It is fresh. It is. Got tangy lemon, a hint of red berry, lots of tasty sugar. You're going to love it for the summer months. Everyone here loves it. But if you are not interested in pink lemonade, they do have this cool thing called mixed bags now. So you get the fruits and the creams. You get to try a bunch of different flavors. Watermelon, red apple, peach, blackberries and cream, orange creamsicle, peaches and cream, which is kind of a nice little treat. You can whatever flavor speaking to you that day or in that moment, you can go with that one. 
Uh, we do know that OG's does not miss, though, when it comes to flavor and effect. So get your pink lemonade gummies while you still can. You can check out OG's online at ogsbrands.com. You can find them on Instagram at ogsbrands, and you can also find their products at your local dispensary, but you must be 21 years or older to purchase. And of course, this summer would not be complete without a trip to Octane Raceway or Mavericks. You can book some fun this summer at Octane Raceway and Mavericks. They've got kart racing, virtual reality, laser tag, axe throwing, bowling, arcades, great food and drinks. I mean, honestly... What more could you ask for? I mean, we're going to see Octane Raceway on our way to Vegas tomorrow. Mm. No. And they no? also have a lot of okay. fun stuff right. for uh, the Shane kids said no. this summer as well. They've got a summer engineering camp for kids as well as their uh, bowling program. So kids bowl free. Uh, children 15 and under are eligible for two free games each day. They've got tons of different events throughout the summer. So check them out. OctaneRaceway.com and Mavericks.com to learn more. Mello sent us another super chat. Mello Warrior, thank you. Said, sons are number one in my broken heart. All right. <laughs> Mello, I forgive you yes. and I apologize yes. uh, for, for poo-pooing your rankings. <laughs> I think what's going on here is if I'm, if I'm putting all the pieces of the puzzle together, is that Mello wants to put the sons as his number one or her number one. Mm -hmm. But we've been traumatized for far too long, so we're going to... Dip our toes in the water before we cannonball the land. I, I can respect a good I reverse that. jinx. I get sure. that. Yeah, for sure. completely understandable. Okay, yesterday we got a Woj bomb that said ESPN sources the NBA's new in-season tournament Final Four is set for December 7th and 9th in Las Vegas. Statistics will account for the league's regular season except for the championship game of the event. Gerald, you want to kind of walk us through this one? Because I know you are fully on board for this in-season tournament. Uh, so give us your thoughts on this. Convince us to get on board with you, if you will. I don't understand why so many people are against this. Like, it, it's we did the same thing about the play-in tournament. Everyone was like, oh, that's dumb. Why would we do that? That's going to be stupid. And it wound up being one of the best changes that they've made in recent years. They did the same thing with the Elam ending to the All-Star game. And yeah, now it probably needs changing again. But for the first couple of years, it worked really great. And those games were really fun to watch down the stretch for once, which the All-Star game hasn't been. I feel like people are just so averse to change. And I don't understand why, because how is this worse than just a normal December regular season game? It's more exciting. There are other sports leagues around the world that do midseason or other tournaments other than their main one. Like, it's okay to have more than just one tournament in a season. Um, I'm for it. And if the consequence is that the only two teams that make the championship have to play an extra game, like, what's one extra game? Yeah. I, I don't I don't think that's a bad thing. I understand people are concerned about it. Um, you know, maybe guys playing more minutes or getting hurt in a game that ultimately ends up just being meaningless. But it's not meaningless for some of these guys. I think... The team, every player on the winning team gets half a mil. Um, and for the obviously for the superstars, that's not going to mean much to them. But for the rotation players or the guys that are on minimum contracts, yeah, men, that's, that's like 25% of their salary. <laughs> that's a big deal. So, like this kind of thing, it, it's going to come down to what the players put into it. That's always what it is. If they carry themselves and they care about it and they compete, which I think they will because these guys are already competitive in regular season games, and now you're giving them a trophy and, and a new tournament to compete in, I think it's going to be fun. I don't understand the aversion to it. Do you honestly. think that was part of the sales pitch on the vet minimums? They're like, look, we're going to win this midseason tournament, <laughs> so you're getting at least another half million. So yeah. come on uh, come on here. I, I like it. I, I'm, not a, I'm not averse to this at all. Um, conspiracy theory. They're going to add two more teams to make it 32, and I feel like that's what's going to be the tournament in the future and be 16-16. Yeah. Um, and and so I, I I do wonder about the structure of it because I know we got the final four, but the rest of it, um, like how that matches up and how that all works its way through, I'm going to assume, at least if I was the NBA, this is how I would run it. I would say, like, hey, you know, maybe through the first two weeks of the season, three weeks of the season, or maybe the first month of the season – you have you break it all down and you have okay these are the the top teams in the west top teams in the east and then after that um based on their regular season schedule you say okay this this game particularly this game is a play in this is a 
tournament game. Well, they already have the format for this. Well, so let's break it down. Like this is this came out a, lot, a while ago. Um, Research I, I is strong. I haven't heard this. Oh, my bad. <laughs> so the league will be divided into six pools of five teams apiece. Pools composed of teams from the same conference, but not necessarily based on divisions. Um, designated days during the first six weeks of the season. Teams will play four group games. That means they'll play each team in their pool once, two games coming at home, two on the road. Uh, the winner of each of the six pools advances to a single elimination stage along with two wildcard teams. Uh, the exact method of determining the wildcard teams hasn't been specified yet, um, but the semifinals and finals will be held in Vegas, half a million for the players on the winning team. Um so the schedule released in the offseason is only going to have 80 games apiece for each team. Um, and, and they're going to be factoring in those kind of pool games on specified dates based on how they set up those divisions or whatever. This is very similar to the WNBA's Commissioner Cup. They do it in a similar mm. way. So they have they it's have okay. kind of a proof of concept that they've used in the <laughs> W. I, I think it's going to be fun. I, I think it's going to be fun to watch. I'm all for anything that that makes the mundane games of October and November mm -hmm. a little bit more interesting. Mm -hmm. And you can't tell me that having uh, having a four-team tournament to close it out in Vegas over a three-day period <laughs> isn't going to bring attention. Mm -hmm. Plus, guess what? It's an added revenue generator for the league, not only in tickets, but eventually when the new TV deals happen, I guarantee this is sold. All the games as part of that and the, and the championship game is sold to another uh, broadcast partner. So there's more money in it for the league as well. So fans get something yeah. more exciting. The league and teams get some more cash. It's a win for everybody. The only thing is if an injury happens in that championship game, I understand there'll be, you know, frustration or whatever, because, Oh, it's an 83rd game. They didn't, need to play but guess what injuries happen every mm -hmm. every week in the nba so one game isn't likely the culprit <laughs> there's probably other things going on all yeah. right two questions from the chat here rockin the mic said i don't get why the championship games doesn't count towards the season the stats do you know why why it's, wouldn't that count because it's an extra game than everybody else basically it's it's to normalize um you know, the 82 game schedule that we've had for forever and they don't want, you know, if a player scores this many points in a skis in a season, but takes the 83rd game to get there, that like changes history, rankings, all that yeah. kind of stuff. How does it work though from a team perspective? If Devin Booker goes out there and drops 71 and sets a new <laughs> franchise record for yeah, points, does, that does it count as a franchise That's record? That's a great question. I don't know. We've, I, I think it has to. It right? better. Well, I can't wait to road trip back up to Vegas in December, so... <laughs> Um, and then Jay said, are we as fans going to pull up to the airport if they make it to the tournament final? <laughs> probably not. Are we doing that? Are we doing probably that? not. But... Where do they hang the banner? Like, is it in the yeah. concourt? Do Does it make it in the bowl? Uh, you should have to celebrate it. Yeah, you should. There is a trophy. Oh, God, I would hate for that to be our first banner. I think, well, no, you yeah. have conference and, and, and uh, division banners they own. So. But see, this is the thing. Do is you like, get a ring? Think about soccer, like how many tournaments they have. And yeah, some are more prominent than others. But like, if your team wins any one of those tournaments, they're still stoked about it. Again, it's what the players and the fans choose to put their stock in it. And I think as years go by and there's more history behind it, there's more lore to it. Um, there's more records that are broken or memorable moments that happen in that championship game because it's not like another normal NBA playoff game. Like, yeah, we get game sevens or elimination games, but it's not a do or die single elimination game. So that's kind of an exciting, different twist on it. And again, it's far more exciting than the shit we're going to be watching uh, in December. Also, okay, so have they said where the 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 final four will be at? Las like Vegas. What, no, I know Las oh. Vegas, but like oh. where? Because no. I will say this: there's a huge difference between one arena to another. I, it's got to be T-Mobile. It's got to be T-Mobile, right? Yeah, and I if and I will say this: if a lot of you are you know are Phoenix Suns fans, I don't know if a lot of you are ASU or U of A fans, but I'm telling you, if the games are in T-Mobile, that is my favorite arena. Mm. Period. Out of any arena I've ever been to, that is my favorite arena because it just feels so lively in there. And the lighting is great. Like, players love it. Like, I just, that's a must go to if you are a Suns fan and your team is in the final four for that. So I would agree. I would absolutely go to that because, again, these, these games mean something. And Book is competitive. KD is competitive. Like, 
they want to win at all costs. They don't give a shit what it's for. They want to win against the freaking, you know, the Bulls in the middle of December. Why the hell uh, wouldn't it mean more if they were playing the Warriors in the in the in the semifinal? Like, yeah, hell yeah, let's go. Also, it's a it's a Thursday and a Saturday, so you could make a long weekend out oh, of yeah. it. Head out there from here in Phoenix, See of course. Bruno Mars in between. On Thursday morning, you catch the game Thursday night. Friday, you do your thing. And then Saturday, another game. Come home on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You can make a nice little long weekend out of it. And you can't tell me if this championship game is Suns Nuggets or <laughs> Suns Celtics, mm-hmm. uh, in particular, Suns, that Suns fans are not going to be all about it and wanting to win. And if you win, that you're not going to talk shit. Like, this is this is going to be energetic. You right? know what's going to happen. We're not going to make it. No, no. Probably- we're going to win the first ever one. <laughs> and and we're going to beat the Nuggets to do it, to get there somehow, some way. And it's just going to be ugly. It's hey, just going to be ugly. Bring on the damn jokes. I don't care. A banner is a banner. I want to win everything. Give yeah. me all of them. Why would, like, everybody's going to be like, oh, look, the Suns won a, a midseason title. Ha, ha, ha. They, they've always been a great regular season team, not a playoff team. Yeah. Well, guess what? We're coming for all your titles this year, so. And you don't have a midseason championship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So suck, suck it. it. You losers. <laughs> We already know. See, it's July and we're excited to win this thing. Oh, man. Uh, We did get a super chat from Shaban. Shaban? Shaban. 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 Okay. Said, I hope each year it's in other cities too. So that's actually a really good thought and question. Is this always going to be in Vegas until they get themselves a team? Well, first of all, um, it's got to be in a city that you have decent weather to. Because it's just hard to travel around the country when it's they freezing don't give everywhere. A sh- you know what about that? All star in all these cold cities, they don't care. Yeah, that shit is whack. They literally fuck. don't. Those care. cold cities don't deserve shit. Period. Hey, I mean, listen, I'm not fighting you on it, but I'm saying they don't care. <laughs> but and then you need, you also need um, enough uh, like uh, infrastructure to house yes, everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. hotels and stuff like that. Well, they're um, they're not going to Tulsa, all right? <laughs> like, look, rotate between <laughs> Vegas, Seattle, and what? Vancouver. Like, give me, give me those three places and rotate every year. And you've got three great cities. Mexico City. Yeah, you can do Mexico City. Basically, you could test (laughs) all the venues. That would be wild. Okay. I'm not mad at this idea where, but once, once those team, those cities, if they get a team, I think they get removed from the list. Yeah. I think the midseason tournament should always be in a place where there is not an NBA team. I agree. I kind of like the idea. Kansas City, baby. Let's go, you losers. BBQ. San Diego, were going <laughs> San Diego in five years is going to have a, an arena that's supposedly mm-hmm. NHL and NBA worthy. If you know that's a that's a venue that's potential. I, I like the idea of of using this as testing yeah, markets' abilities exactly. to host big events too. Yeah. I think that would actually be kind of. Cool. I'm hyped for it. I'm hyped for Plus, it. Plus, then you can add if you wanted to travel, like you can add different places to your list too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Gerald, I know. It's pretty normal, like when you're traveling to cover a team, you want to check off certain arenas and boxes yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Kind of adds a couple more to your list. Definitely, you can go to the too. pit in New Mexico. Yes, let's do it. Um, yeah. I'll pass on that. Isn't all the all of New Mexico a pit? Girls, <laughs> 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 like we made it almost an hour. Almost. Remember that really, time you never got green chili really? from me ever. <laughs> I just want the blue meth, Gerald. That's all. And with that, we will say goodbye. Thank you all for joining us. As a reminder, as I mentioned off the top of the show, we are traveling to Summer League tomorrow, which means we will not have a show for you. But we do have Summer League shows that are happening all weekend long. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, all of our shows from Summer League will be live at 11 a.m. Same place as usual. You can find us on YouTube right here. And then, of course, you can find us on Twitter and threads of Blue Sky. Blah, blah, blah. We're doing we'll our, post all the things. We're doing our summer version of a death march right now. Saturday all the way to Friday. Nonstop yeah. shows yeah. to make up because we broke your hearts this last weekend. And it, the four-day weekend. I'm sorry, guys. But next week, once we get back from Summer League starting on Wednesday, it'll be back to, like, regular scheduled programming. So, like, the 3 p.m. hour. Mm-hmm. But while we're in Summer League, it's 11 a.m. Across the board. Yeah, and if you're not on YouTube, Threads, TikTok, Beta, uh, Hoo-Ha, whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever it is, <laughs> we'll guy. send you a VHS tape of the show. How about that? <laughs> so.
All right. Well, enjoy your Friday. We will see you guys on Saturday. Don't forget to uh, hit the like button on your way out if you are here with us on YouTube. Um, and also follow us on all the things at phnex underscore sons. And then on Twitter, you can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. Saul, you have a... Uh, hit us up if you're going to be out in Vegas for Summer League. We will absolutely go out of our way to try and catch up with you, meet you, drink with you take some OGs with you. Hey, whatever. We're just there for a good time, not a long time. So let's do it. And you can follow Gerald on Twitter at Gerald Borgay. And of course you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Vegas, baby. Vegas. Here we come. Make sure to look out in the desert for me. Oh, boy, boy. <laughs> Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX though. Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. Y'all always wreck the family. Rally in the